What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who gonna this town tonight Welcome to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio Show. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. I believe Kwame will be calling in in a little bit. Cindy Liska is not going to be with us this week. She will be missed. Deborah, weekend. Had one. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, I was mentioning off the air, I've got uh, my son, my daughter-in-law, the two cats uh, living with me now. They had a little bit of an issue at their home with some water flooding. Um, but it's working out really well. It's kind of nice to have them around. Uh, went and saw Born Legacy, I think yeah, the newest one it? is. It was good. A lot of action. Uh, a couple of the scenes were like, really? You expect me to believe that that could actually happen? Well, uh, but still, kept my focus. So the kept whole my series focus. is based on, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And they definitely left it open for uh, another uh, another movie in the future. Oh, so. dear. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm trying to get over a cold. Just, uh, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, so yeah. that's a good thing. No snorting in the studio, though. No, I, I'll try not to. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff has happened since last Tuesday. A lot Tuesday. of stuff. Uh, U.S. men win gold. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard becomes a Laker. <coughs> Called it. Um, <laughs> uh, Roy McIlroy wins another major. We'll touch on all these things, but... Most importantly, football has started again. Woohoo! Um, hometown Arizona Cardinals um, started 0-2 in the in the preseason. You know, preseason doesn't really matter all that much, except for the B and C player, or maybe the C players that are trying to make the last roster spots, which is your specialty. So yeah, guys uh, looking for position right now because they've got cuts coming up at the end of this month, and then again uh, September. I think it's September second again. So they'll go from the 90 down to the 53 here shortly, with a lot of guys being highly disappointed and trying to find that job. Yeah, this is right. This is when it turns into an actual NFL players are looking for jobs, which a lot of people don't really constitute at the NFL as a job because you know most people are the ones to hear about are the ones that make the most money and the ones that are catching the touchdown passes throwing the touchdown passes, running for touchdowns and all that stuff, but they don't really see the under underlying. Yeah, and uh, i got to tell you, going through training camp and stuff, my guys, I mean, uh, when they start working with me before training camp, their attitude changes because a lot of them, especially the veterans, look at, oh, my God, you know, two weeks of pure hell, you know, going through right. camp and all that, and now they start looking at it as, you know, this is my opportunity to get honed and toned and, you know, making sure that I've got my act together for when the game starts. Sure, so. absolutely. So through the first two weeks... Uh, the Cardinals, um, they're, again, they're 0-2, and Kwame's actually on the line. Kwame, you there? Kwame? Yep. What up, man? What's going on? Not much. We're just uh, about to talk about the Cardinals' first two games, uh, and it kind of started off, unfortunately. Kevin Cobb goes down in the end zone after uh, throwing an incomplete pass. Bruised rib, and all the collective spirit of the Cardinals' fans went 
crap. Mm. Uh, again, Here you know, we this again. is, we have, we have a glass doll is a quarterback. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know, I, I mean, go ahead, Quam. I think it's uh, disappointing uh, that, you know, Kevin Cobb is playing the way he is, especially when uh, recently they just gave this guy, ex- not an extension, but um, a signing bonus, right. which is worth $7 million. Um, the money is what it is uh, because he is a starting quarterback, and they brought him in for reasons to be that starting quarterback because it has to be seen that the Cardinals are looking going the distance and, and trying to make this team better with the receiving core they now have. Uh, you know, you can easily double-team fits. You can only hand the ball off and become one-dimensional, and that's what Beanie Wells did. I thought Beanie Wells did a good job, a real good job last year, um, you know, previous to his uh, his first year when he was he get hurt and he had shut it down, which is what he did in Ohio State. But what Beanie Wells did last year, it was a, it was a plus of coming back into the season this year, and he started the season on a pup lift. But then you got the quarterback situation, which I've always thought, even when um, – you know, Skelton, uh, last the year before that, when before Cobb came here, the Skelton was a better quarterback. He had more grasp of the offense. How else are you going to become a veteran or a leader if you don't give this guy reps to do so? And I think in football, you can get in that classroom as much as you can, and some people learn different. Classroom may be what it is or maybe what it takes from some, but I always thought that you have to go on the field and you have to rep those things out. You have to rep those players. You have to be more vocal uh, if you're a quarterback or if you're that linebacker or safety on defense, you have to be more vocal so your teammates see you and respond to you. How do your teammates respond to you? And I think in this case, they respond a lot more to John Skelton, and I, which I, I think is a better quarterback. Also smarter. Kevin Carr's problem with me is he leaves the pocket too early, and then he's too fragile. Remember when he was starting in um, Philadelphia, first two games he got hurt in – he got hurt in – New, uh, the not the Patriots, but the uh, Green Bay Packers game. Michael Vick came in, and it was history from there. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy how much how much worth they put into Kevin Cobb after only playing seven, after only appearing in seven or eight NFL games uh, overall. Which uh, yeah. which begs the question: Why Seattle did that with Matt Flynn after he had one game? I know he threw six touchdown passes, but it begs the question: Why would you give that guy twenty million dollars for the same reason? But right. I, I, I digress. But I mean, you can't you can't teach height. And John Skelton six six two forty. You're right. He does know the offense obviously better than Kevin Cobb because Kevin Cobb was hurt all of last year, concussions, turf toe, you know what have you. And he hasn't. He didn't have a chance to actually be on the field and learn the offense through playing through it. And and John Skelton has that in spades, comparatively speaking. Well, and the energy he brings to the position too. I mean, Skelton just looks like he wants it a lot more than Cobb does. Right, because Cobb's already because Cobb's already gotten paid. Right. So I mean, this is really going to see because Cobb is making as much money as Aaron Rodgers this year, which baffles my mind. Well, you know, um, I, I go back to what we. Um debate about, I won't say argue, but you know, Alex used to talk about money all the time and I've seen some of those situations where guys will get paid in there and it's things that sit down, but when I hear them talk um, it's more when I get on the field, like, what happened? Uh, I think subconsciously you can um, comfortable in a certain situation where you feel like they have to play me because I'm a starter and some some programs are like that. Some, some teams are like that where we paid this guy all this money. We got to get our money's worth out of him, regardless of the cost of winning and losing. And and that's a disheartening for the rest of the team when you got other guys who work just as hard on the off season, who who want the best. And I've always thought 
Yeah, put the, best, the best, put the eleven best guys on the field. Sure, you will win football games. Yeah, and, and, and before I go on, let me say, hey, Deborah, I didn't speak to you when I first got on. Oh, no worries. Hey, to you. <laughs> That's okay. We're we're moving here. Got a lot of stuff hey, to when, cover. When you uh, said, uh, Carl, I don't know how much time you got, Alex, but when you said Carlos, I was just I just jumped right into it. But you know, it, it becomes a situation where play the money instead of play to, to win, play the best guys on the field. That's why you see guys that come in as low draft picks or not draft picks that come in and you're like, wow, how we miss this guy? Well, you miss this guy because you believe in that system that goes on where scouts not wanting to lose their jobs and taking a chance on going to the best school or getting the best free or getting the most talked about free agent out of uh, another pro team. Well, let's get this guy. It's not about... Um, the winning the games is about right. can, we sell tickets? can we sell tickets if this guy's here or can we get this guy let's take a chance on this guy from Florida let's take a chance on a, a let's say a T-Bow let's take a chance on a a, a tire because he makes plays never minding the guy's an idiot Every year. Yeah, I think that playing your money guy isn't uh, shouldn't be looked at as playing the guy play the guy you're paying the most money to. Play the money guy is playing the guy that is going to bring you the most money because he's going to make the plays. Yeah, he's going to get you to the playoffs. But a lot of times, a lot of times, getting to the playoffs isn't make it like I understand. I mean, you bring Kevin Cobb in because he'll fill the seats and because he's he's an upgrade in theory from what they had before. We're trying to search for that next Kurt Warner, which just isn't going to happen. We're not going to have a saving grace like that that'll just come out of the woodworks and take you to. Super Bowl. I mean, they have they have a lot of they have a lot of work to do. I mean, from the offensive line, the offensive line is the main problem. Peyton Manning looks like a genius right now for not coming to Arizona. Well, and, yeah, I think um, even with Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, exactly. Because because then the, there was a problem with their offensive line. They didn't upgrade their offensive line. They right. just re-signed. They just re-signed the guys. Yeah. Uh, but they, they signed guys back to you know extended contracts. So, so you got a guy who's coming off four neck surgeries. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I want to be in a situation where that is a problem already. I'm going to go somewhere where I got to get rid of the ball quick. Now, I think we, we talked about the next um, Kurt Warner. I, that could easily be more skeleton than Kevin Cobb. I agree. That could easily be a guy who's uh, sitting back in the wings and learning, and every time you push him out. Remember, Kurt Warner was in, he was a starting quarterback when you dropped the Eli, you felt like you had to play your draft pick. Well, right. in these times now, when you draft a guy, you have to play him. They said, then why are we taking him in the first round, first pick, or first five, first ten picks, and we're not playing this guy? So that puts a lot of pressure on guys like Kurt Warner. You can't make too much mistakes, and they start calling for your head. But when you have that type of ambition, desire, you you got a guy like Kurt Warner who can go to a team and make them better. Right. I mean, and the only reason that Kurt Warner is anything is because – he because the starting quarterback got hurt. It was the Drew Bledsoe effect for Tom Brady. Nobody would have known about Kurt Warner if if the quarterback didn't get hurt in front of him, you know. And then he goes on to win two Super Bowls. It's crazy. It's all about timing. And this might be John Skelton's time. He it might be his time to make them relevant again. Oh, Kenya Simone on the line. Kenya, Kenya, you there? Yeah. Hey, how's everybody doing? Hi, hey, I girl. Got Kwame, got Kenya in the in the ears. I can't see either of you. I'm upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> Call me, say hi to Kenya. Yeah, what's up, Kenya? Hey, Kwame. So, uh, yeah, uh, Kenya, we're just talking about the Cardinals. Um, Kwame, what do they do about the offensive line? So, uh, you're right, they just re-signed, but, I mean, in, in theory, if they can groom these guys more about the offensive scheme of blocking and, and, and more importantly, pass blocking, do you think that they can break through this, break through this funk that, that's been happening for the past couple of years? Well, 
Well, they have to do a better. Uh, they have to do better scheming. When you don't have the uh, caliber to, to man up and 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 match up with guys face to face, scheming guys who scheme teams that scheme more than just play physical football or teams that do uh, trick plays. You're breaking uh, up, dude. You're breaking up, dude. Oh, well, can you guys hear me now? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I think it's, at some, some point they'll have to start scheming and keeping fullbacks and running backs in to protect the backside of the quarterback because they don't have the talent of offensive linemen that you will be looking for when you have that type of quarterback or want to have a franchise quarterback and behind your center. So now it becomes more scheming where I go two tight ends or I have a t- tight end off the line, uh, which we call a set or a 10 set or 11 sets, I'm sorry. Or you put a fullback out there and you leave him in the block because Cobb, when he's under the center, he has no confidence in that line. One of the first things that dangers do, he runs to his right. And we saw that last year a lot. That's why he hurt his ankle right. running to the right. And everybody in the ankle. building knows he's going to do it. Right. Everybody knows he's going to run. If, if, if Fitzgerald's not open, he's running. Now you bring in the court, the, the receiver court he have. I think they have a pretty good receiver core, which can, and with being well healthy, you know, we talk about the uh, San Francisco 49ers being the uh, toast of this conference or the division, but the, the Cardinals play their cards right with, with the talent they have. Sure. You know, you fix that offensive line, you have, a, you have a good weapon. Their defense has always been stellar, uh, but you can't play 75-plus plays every weekend and expect it to hold up. Right. And from the outside looking in, we say, uh, why they just score on defense? Well, most times they play on the arena football field or they're getting the ball in the 40. And they've been they've been doing well enough to hold guys to three points or maybe ten ten points or less in football games. Right. Uh, any football, any game in the National Football League, if you can hold someone to seventeen points or less, you should win that football game defensively. Depends on what your offense, the caliber offense you have, and that puts you in the top ten in the defense uh, that year in football. Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and the the whole thing about last year was the defense. The defense let. The offense down in the fourth quarter about four or five times, uh, with, you know, with, within seven or eight week period. Remember losing to Washington and Baltimore when they had no business losing either of those games last year. Uh, and, but I think I think one thing that's going to be huge this year, if he can stay healthy, or with both of them maybe, is is uh, Todd Heap and Jeff King. I mean, they're really tight end has become such an important position in the NFL. I mean, it, obviously Bill Belichick revolutionized this with them even signing with Shante Shanko. So they have three of the top fifteen uh, tight ends in the NFL on the same team. So if, right. if if Jeff if Jeff King and uh, I believe he's a San Diego State product if Jeff King and Todd Heap can stay healthy Kevin Cobb's jobs may be a lot e- Kevin Cobb slash John Skelton's job may be a lot easier because Todd Heap is a consummate professional he's a veteran he knows how to get in the end zone he can block he is the quintessential tight end before the Jimmy Graham Antonio Gates and and the the revolutionizing of the position turning into like a six eight basketball player as opposed to a football player started. So hopefully Todd Heap can can uh, can add something to the offense as well, both blocking and and receiving the football. Well, I don't want to say John Skelton or Cobb are both injury prone, but they suffer a lot of injuries as well, right? Yes, I mean, but I, I believe a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. Okay. So I mean, you know, we got to take a break. Uh, we'll come back. Kenya Simone, Kwame Lasseter, Deborah Debris, Alex Clancy. We'll be back in a minute. flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia College sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. We have Kwame Lasseter, the man himself, on the line. Kenya Simone from Chicago, one of the most famous Chicago. DJs in Chicago. And uh, Ken from the ATL, who used to be a mainstay. I don't know where he's been. Kwame usually makes some sort of horrible joke at this point, but I won't do that for you, Ken. Welcome back. What's going on, fellas and ladies? Not much. So we were talking about uh, the Cardinals. Um, I, I quickly want to move on to Andrew Luck. What do you guys think about him overall? Uh, 10 for 16, 188 yards, two touchdowns, threw a touchdown, a 63-yard screen pass on his first uh, completion as an NFL quarterback. I think it's preseason. I don't think it matters. I think the only thing that really should be focused upon, with, especially with these young guys, is don't get hurt because you, you are the franchise. Now him, RG3, et cetera. So what do you guys think about Andrew Luck so far? I think uh, real quickly, um, they don't make too much about um, preseason, but it is good to see a guy who come in and do the things you expect him to do. Andrew Luck is a smart guy. Um, you, you talk about his first play going for 60 yards, but if you didn't see the play, you didn't know it was a screen play and it was all running back situations. Uh, the guy who caught the ball three yards in front of him that took it 60 yards. Uh, but he is smart. They dumbed down the offense so these guys can get confidence and get confidence in who Andrew Luck is. Uh, I think it's a good start for the Indianapolis Colts. It won't be a good team this year, but they're building that for the future. And that's what you got to do. That's what happened when Peyton Manning was there. Kenya? I think it's a good start, too. And, I, of course, I wanted to say something kind of uh, creative with his last name being Luck. I don't want to <laughs> say it was just like a stroke of luck. I think that it was a good start. It's a good jump start for the Colts. They needed that, you know, after being such a, an award-winning team in the past and then kind of falling off a little bit. They need that. It was it was one game, but I, I'm hoping to see a lot more out of them. So. Ken? I think that the, the credit needs to go to the office coordinator who put together the play package just to give this man the confidence that he needed to go out there his first game and put those plays together and was able to find the end zone and, and get 10 for 16 in completion. So I think the office coordinator deserves more credit than that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Deborah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, that um, these guys, you know, preseason, it's not as important as a lot of the other games, but it's so important to build that confidence right off the bat and to be able to who, have a play where the guys can earn their confidence and uh, take that into the season is huge. Yeah, I agree. So so we're all really in agreement there. Uh, USA men basketball, one gold, uh, 50th straight international win, 17th straight Olympic win. 
They won 107 to 100. They were up one at the end of the third. I don't think it matters. Up one at the end of the half. Yeah, I, I don't think it matters how close it is because I don't think 40 years from now we're going to remember. Oh, but Pau Gasol and Marc Gasol almost beat them. I don't think it's going to matter. I think another gold on on the wall. I think uh, LeBron James is the second player only to Michael Jordan to win an MVP, Finals MVP. Uh, championship or NBA championship and gold medal all in the same year. Jordan yeah, did it obviously in '92. I'll pick that name up for you, Miss Chicago. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think it's great, but I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I think this is. I'm going to blow your guys' mind right now. I think the NBA Finals, the team who wins the NBA championship, should be the one that represents the USA in the Olympics from now on. Because now you have some sort of competition. You still have adults playing. You don't have children. Because going back to what I said last week, I think college kids would get annihilated. So I'm going to take back I what I said before. I don't think any yes, owner would put up with that. The Lakers. Yeah. Pardon? <laughs> I don't think everybody wants to see the Lakers every yeah, year. Okay, Kenny, we'll talk about that in a second. Hold your horses. <laughs> Hold your horses. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. I don't think the owners would put up with that because that's putting all your guys in jeopardy, on, you know, to go over and play oh, and get hurt. Yeah. And, yeah, what are you going to have the next year? Well, sure, but, I mean, you have all the Miami Heat were out there right now. I mean, you have you have the big three oh, that were on the team, but two of them were hurt having surgery. I mean, it, more times than not, you have the whole Thunder team there. So all the important guys are already there. So, I mean, what really matters otherwise? Like the camaraderie, they are such rivals, and they go hard all year long in the regular season against each other. But to see them all come together, and like just watching them celebrate on Sunday was great because it's like we're not rivals right now. We're all together. We're we're uh, representing the U.S. and that's like that's a good feeling. Sure, I mean, but I mean, Kwame, what do you think? I mean, having with Kenya saying that, uh, Kevin Durant got a lot of flack for saying how much he loved LeBron after after he lost to the. I mean. Like, uh, what do you say about that? Do you think the camaraderie is good, or do you think the competition between stars needs to be there? I think the camaraderie is good, but Kobe said he likes a lot of guys until Kobe get on the basketball court, and you think, well, this guy's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Kobe know how to separate mm-hmm. friendship and fall and, and in mm-hmm. terms of winning basketball games. I, you know, we all got our friends. If, my, if I was playing against my brother, I'd elbow him in his face every time. <laughs> yes, you <would. laughs> yes, you would. Yes, you would. I don't, I don't have friends on the on the battlefield unless you with the same uniform and color, colors that I wear. After yeah. that, you know, what you want to drink? Let's, I'm fine. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, but when, I'm, when it comes to winning and losing, uh, me eating and you eating, and we not yeah. on the same team, it, it's a different ball game. I don't have a problem with uh, Durant saying, he loves, but when you watch a guy like, so we from the outside looking in, but when you watch a guy like uh, LeBron James, you'd be you're amazed on this guy can do what he does and at any time upon the game. We just hope he wish he did it all the time. Right. So it, it, he's up and close and personal to him. But I guarantee you, if they play each other, that it's going to change a whole lot of the dynamic. The dynamic is going to change on whether this guy like him or not. He's going to be trying to kill him on a basketball yeah. court. Yeah, I mean, I so see. You These guys are these guys. Man, these guys come from all kinds of places and, and all certain places, different parts of the country. But when they're together, it's a friendship. It's like, oh, we do this for a living. I know what it takes you to get here. and you got this much talent. But on the basketball court, I'm going to destroy you. Sure. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really interesting because I think, and Ken, I'm going to ask you this, I've become bored with USA basketball because of how easy it is for them, how seamlessly easy. When you beat a team by 83 points, Carmelo has 37 points in 14 minutes of basketball, it becomes not fair. It becomes video game status, and that's when I lose interest. I want to see Reality. some... Yes, sir. So what do you think, Ken? Are you bored? 
Hey, Alex, check it out. There's, there's, let's not you know, get this misconstrued because there's three games we could have easily lost. Argentina, Lithuania, and mm-hmm. Spain the last game. Okay, mm-hmm. That was a piece-together team that we had. That was no dream team. Think about it. We didn't have a Bynum. We didn't have a Howard. We didn't even have a Derrick Rose. Now, we would have had those three players right there. Of course, we could have seen 30, 40-point blowouts every game. But when it comes down to four or five-point win against Lithuania, four or five-point win against Argentina the first time, and uh, barely squeaked by the last game against Spain, those games could have went either way, and we could have got beat and lost the gold medal. Right, I understand that, but... Uh, Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Wade, and right. uh, we also missed another guy. Right, Chris Bosh wasn't there. I mean, th- there were a lot of people, but you got to think that besides the USA team, every other country is made up of B-minus players. Okay, so if you're beating teams by 30, you're beating teams by 80, it's difficult to... I mean, it, really all it is is laziness on the part of on the part of the U.S., plus they're all small forwards. This whole team is made up of small forwards and point guards, just like the Miami Heat, where Miami Heat won a championship with it, and so did the USA. Again, I don't think it's going to matter 20 years from now. I don't think it's going to matter two Olympics from now. People aren't going to remember that they squeaked by. I don't think. I think it's a gold medal is a gold medal is a gold medal. I'd, I'd like to see the, uh, the uh, rookies and the sophomore guys being Olympics uh, more so than a our team, as if everyone else is going to do the same thing. Cause we are playing against some of their pros. That team they played last could have easily beat them. Sure. And I was wondering, mm-hmm. they didn't get into foul trouble, how different the game would have been. Now, that's part of the game, so it happens. And the USA wasn't in that much foul trouble. But, you know, we all we all sort of favorites, too. So a lot of things, it's like you got 14, 15 Michael Jordans on that team, so <laughs> you're not going to get a lot of those calls in the Olympics because you want to see the favorite teams come up there. Uh, and win those games, or I mean, there's some that want to see them get knocked off because that just makes good for the sport. But, yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, we 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 got to we got to quickly we got to move on. Uh, we have so much to talk about today. Kwame uh, Lasseter, Sports Talk, Deborah Debris, Alex Clancy. Uh, we're not going away yet. Just uh, we have the Lakers to talk about now. Ken, uh, they uh, acquired Dwight Howard. Uh, they give up Andrew Bynum, Josh McRoberts, uh, etc. You know, uh, little pieces to the puzzle. In a four-team trade, the Nuggets receive Andre Iguodala from the 76ers. The 76ers receive Andrew Bynum, Jason Richardson. Orlando receives a bunch of C-minus players and a bunch of draft picks that are lottery protected, so they pretty much won't matter. Orlando Magic, I don't know what the hell they were thinking by not taking the first trade with uh, New Jersey, but I am happy being a, a homegrown Laker fan. Uh, so the starting lineup for the Lakers will be Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, Metal World Peace, Pal Gasol, <laughs> Dwight Howard. Stop it, David yeah, Stern. Know, this is a big, this is a big uh, sticking tongue out at David Stern for for denying the Chris Paul trade. But now I will thank him because that is the best thing that ever could have happened to the Lakers organization. Ken. You know what? Uh, this is just setting it up for a big stick in your, uh, a, a big thumb, thumb or a middle finger up in your face. Yeah, pick, a, pick an right. orifice, pick a finger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> this is just setting up uh, the, the perfect scenario. Dwight Howard wanted to pay with, play with who? Chris Paul the whole time, right? That's why he turned down that trade. All right, Chris Paul is going to get his opportunity now. Now that Dwight Howard is in L.A., so we haven't seen the the last of these major powerhouse trades yet. Expect another trade with Chris Paul by the end of next year because he got one year left on his deal. Right. He's not going to stay with uh, the Clippers. He's going to move over there and play with the person that he always wanted to play for. Remember, Magic Johnson vetted for these two guys to be the next Showtime in L.A., especially when you got an ageless. Uh, 
Steve Nash, who's 30, what, 38, 39, Kobe Bryant is at the end of his career. They're about to go. So bring in Pala, Chris Paul to play with Dwight Howard to be that centerpiece for the Lakers for the next 10 years. So we're not done yet. Oh, I agree. The, uh, the Kwame, talk. About, uh, I, I, I haven't seen any signs of Steve not slowing down. I find him to be a liability on defense, but here's here's why that don't matter. If you blow past Steve Nash, you got two seven-footers waiting for you to spark your shot away. <laughs> That's true. Yep. I think he's going to run that offense efficiently, uh, even with Kobe Bryant. Here's where Kobe Bryant is such a genius, regardless if you like him or not. Um, this guy know how to reserve his energy and body and turn it on at the right time and turn it on whenever during a basketball game and be that Kobe Bryant that we know. Uh, he did that in the Olympics. He did that uh, with all those superstars that he played with. He was able to turn it on. We said, watch this guy hit six three-pointers, four to six three-pointers in a row. He's going to be so reserved because he has the weapons around him. Now you can't have any excuses. I look at the Lakers team now. They look great on paper, and it says championship. But you got to play that game. You still got Oklahoma. You still have uh, – when you go play those teams in the East, you still have dumb teams. They're not the only one making trades and decisions to make their team better. Dwight Howard, remember, who he, who is this guy going to be when what all went on in Orlando when – is he a team player, or when things go wrong, is he going to be that same Dwight Howard and try to get Orlando, get out of Orlando? You can't come do that in um, a franchise team like the Los Angeles Lakers because they'll get rid of you quick. You want to go, they'll get rid of you. But what kind of teammate he's going to be to make that chemistry work? And it's going to take some time. So I, I see these guys winning easily 60 games and being deep into the playoffs. That's just on paper is what I see. Deb. Well, that's the thing. Now we're well, now we have to look at can they manage the egos? You know, what's the coach going to do in order to manage all these guys and get them to come together in a culture that they can play as a team? I think somebody like Steve Nash, who's already one of the hardest working players around, that something like this, and even with Kobe, that it's going to take them back to when they were first coming into the league. They're going to be like little kids in a candy store. Like, holy crap, this is going to be great, and they're going to be able to take their talent along with their wisdom that they've gained over the years and elevate their play. Been better than they have in the past. Yeah, I have an interesting stat here. Um, the Lakers last year were 18 and four when scoring over 100 points. So they only scored over 100 points 33% of the games. The Lakers are known for scoring over 100 points. They're known for showtime. They're known for for baskets. They're known for dunks. That wasn't there last year. Dwight Howard will bring that. Steve Nash will bring that uh, in 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 hearts, Kwame, not in spades. Uh, they were 10 and 16 when opponents score over 100 points. Uh, they gave up 100 points 26 times last year, 39% of the games, and that and that will diminish because Dwight Howard is there because he averages at least three blocks a game when he stays healthy. 15 rebounds. He's a defensive rebounding specialist. That Dwight, that Andrew Bynum just kind of took games off with rebounding. So I think Dwight Howard and Steve Nash running Showtime together. This is going to be the closest thing to Showtime that we've seen since the late 80s. I'm not saying it's going to it's going to shed a flashlight on it, but I think it's going to start getting closer and Ken, you're a genius cuz I think 3 years from now or 2 years from now when Steve Nash retires, that's a very easy fit for Chris Paul to come uh across the locker room to, with the different colors on to join the Lakers. I do agree with you on that. I do Alex. Say again? I do I like you for some reason. That man knows basketball. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, this Ken. Is, this man is a Laker fan. He don't know basketball. He know Lakers. <laughs> oh, Kwame, how precious are you? I'm sorry that you weren't born in L.A. like I was. Uh, Kenya, what do you think? I, I Kenya? Like, uh, I like oh. the scenarios and situations that the Lakers could possibly be in, even with Steve Nash leaving in two or three years. I don't care anything about the Lakers. I like Kobe because I still think he's the most surgical guy in the league. Okay. Uh, even the league with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, uh, Kevin Durant, with those guys, I like what those guys are, but... My main concern is I can see Steve Nash put all that work in 
and uh, get a ring and then leave. Uh, and then I like to see him come out here in Phoenix and destroy the Phoenix Suns. Who is my team? I like to see him come out here and destroy those guys for even getting rid of him and starting him the way he left. Hey, Kenya, you upset that the Bulls never get anybody that they want? Yeah, I'm, that, <laughs> that kind of bothers me. I just think that the Bulls, we need to just be like the Wizard of Oz and we're off to see the Wizard with praying that Carlo Boozer plays with some more heart. Who? Rose gets the help. And uh, Tillo has a brain so that he can know when to take people out of the game <laughs> before they get injured. So we're off to see the Wizard. We'll see anybody in the NBA. We don't, you know, it is what it is. You know, I do feel bad for Chicago. Uh, they haven't done anything wrong. I think that all of their luck was taken out between, you know, 89 and 98. I mean, I think anything after that, you guys used up all your all your bargaining chips on you know in nine years with one player. I think all the luck was was given towards that. I I mean, I don't really see anywhere that they can go. They didn't get Dwayne Wade. I think Dwayne Wade still regrets not going to Chicago because that would have been a very sexy fit there instead of oh, Miami yeah. with, with the three headed monster that took. I mean, they and and now they might be superseded by another team, if not two, including Oklahoma City. And then Dwight Howard would have been a great fit there. I mean, when it comes down to it, Chicago, not to go on about this, but I think Chicago is Derrick Rose and a bunch of B players, which, you know, they play great defense, but defense is now not a big deal in the NBA anymore. I mean, Miami plays great on the ball defense. That's why they won a championship. But giving up 88 points a game isn't going to win you a championship like it would have 10 years ago. Okay, so... It'll put, it put them close to winning a the championship. They need one more player. Uh, player. At least. Is not the guy. He yeah, calls, he sucks. Utah, but he was the guy because it was Utah. Right. But and they were trying to find a new Carl Malone there, which is never going to happen again. And it, right. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Chicago Bulls, I definitely believe the Chicago Bulls, they had everything in place except one person, one more dominant guy, because you ask this guy to do so much, and the one reason his knee is so up. Sure. He yeah. has to yeah. play sure. like he's playing by himself. Yeah. Uh, although with that mindset that I am the best guy on the court, let me play. But he put so much into it, and then he came off a back injury and tried to come back out and play it in towards Nia. Yeah. He, he wasn't on the court for like... 30-something uh, games uh, that year, he tore his, last year that he tore his knee up, but you can't come out and mentally, mm-hmm. your mindset says, I could do it, but you got to remind, you got to get your body back into that basketball. Basketball is a different sport. That's running yeah, that gun in all, all games. Can he go? Get your body back into the talent you have. Ken? Hey, I got a question. This is uh, Kenya. Hey, how, how do you feel when Chicago goes and try to be competitive and go and trade away a seven foot three and a seek to let him go to Houston when you need that big body because Carlos Boo is not going to be <laughs> in the middle? I think that's the actual pronunciation of his name too. Well done, Ken. Kenya, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, um, first of all, Ken, knock it off. Back it down, boy. I'm hoping that we can get. Um, like some of the, like I, I talked about it before, I'm looking to see big things from uh, Marcus Teague as a backup guard. I'm also looking, we got uh, Nazi Muhammad now, uh-huh. Chicago native, so it's good to see him come back and play for the Bulls. Even though he's a center and not you know, the fourth that Boozer is, I'm just hoping that they can kind of strategically place the guys that they do have and that we can have a great season. That's all I can hope Yeah, for. I mean, and I think that them not getting Ray Allen really hurt them. They need a scorer. They don't have Richard Hamilton is, is pales in comparison to what he used to be. He's never really been a knockdown shooter. He's always been kind of a Reggie Miller off picks, one dribble, one rhythm dribble, jump shooter. They need a yeah, three point that, shooter. Like, Congress, it's, it's causing a lot of um, 
dissension in Chicago, if you will. Like, people are glad that, some people are glad that he's back, and some are like, wait, this guy is pretty old. Is he going to be able to contribute like he used to? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, just because so, he's a new face doesn't mean that he's going to do anything positive for, uh, exactly. again, for Chicago. Okay, we got to move on. We got to talk about Rory, and then we're going to get into Down and Dirty with Deborah. Uh, 2012 PGA Championship, Rory McElroy wins by eight strokes, goes 67-68 on the weekend. If there's any question about if he has any more jitters like he did uh, when he when he blew up in, in the last major that he didn't win, I think that's kind of put to rest. Tiger Woods, again, shoots over par on the weekend, goes 74-72 for two over on the weekend. He falls out of contention. Eight strokes is pretty good. That was a tough course. Um, Deborah, what do you think first? Well, first of all, you go Rory from a year ago with the meltdown at the Masters to now all of a sudden winning, you know, two majors before he reaches there at the age of 24. And I look at it, you know, where's going to be the consistency and the sustainability that, you know, he's got it in him. And, uh, you know, he, one of the thing I liked is when he was ahead, he didn't stop. He kept the pedal to the metal. He kept, you know making sure that he wasn't going to uh, lose it on those last nine holes. Tiger, I look at and say, dude, you know, you got to get your, excuse me, um, stuff together because uh, this comment uh, felt too relaxed going into, uh, you know, the weekend. It's like, what the heck, dude? You know, you, you know how you play. You know, this is not up for debate. You don't ever go into something in a relaxed mode unless, you know, that's the type of game that you play. And I just don't get it. He is still searching so hard to figure out who he is and uh, still doesn't have it. Yeah, I mean, what one stat before I pass it to you guys. Uh, Roy McIlroy is one month younger than Tiger was uh, when he won his second major. So Tiger still hadn't won his second major at this point in Roy McIlroy's life. So that that's something to look at. Roy's been through a lot at the age of 23. But he still has won his two majors before Tiger won his two. So you guys go. One more, wait, one more oh, thing. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to uh, one more comment on Tiger. I'm beginning to wonder if Tiger's afraid to win. And there could be an underlying story there, which I don't know, but an underlying theme with him that if he wins, then what else is going to get screwed up in his life? Because the last time he was on top, his life went to hell. He was on top of other things, too. I think that's what the problem yeah. was. Kwame, go ahead. I think Rory, uh, congratulations to Rory. McElroy, the guy knows how to win. When he's uh, focused, uh, you know, after he won, he had the meltdown last year. With the, he had the meltdown at the Masters. He came back, he wins the uh, Open. Right. Um, and you can see the focus in between the two tournaments. But then he gets, you know, he has his girlfriend. When that outside influence gets around you, you're not as focused to play golf. I don't give a, I don't care how much you practice. But you can see when this guy is on top of his game, it doesn't look like, like anyone can beat him. I don't care who the best person in the world, which he is now the best guy in the world. When he's on his game, I don't care who, and that golf is different like that, but when you're on your game, you're unstoppable. He just looks, he just looks unbeatable now. So, um, what, what this guy's doing, he just know how to win now. Uh, as far as Tiger's concerned, uh, there's no more excuses for Tiger. And that's a good point you bring up, Deborah, is you, some guys are scared of success, some guys are scared of win, because when Tiger had that success, we put a lot of pressure on guys to do things that we definitely can't even come close to doing. We just on the outside critiquing them and criticizing them and doing all sorts of things that we want them to do because we've seen them do it before, and we are now fans, so we want to see our favorite guy win. And in in my case with Tiger, um, I just can't make any more excuses for him. I don't know what his deal is on Sunday, which used to be his bread and butter. Saturday and Sunday, he comes out and destroys and just separates himself from the team. Well, that used to be the day where he could just make pause and win. You can't make pause and win anymore. You're not that guy. 
You right. redefine your game uh, so much, and I have no problem with that because every time you do it, you find a way to win. Your whole thing about Tiger is he wins majors. He wins majors, so he's not winning majors. You can't come out on Sunday, relax, as Deborah said, and think you're going to shoot par golf and win majors and shoot four. Um, what did you shoot? Four over. Yeah. Well, he's supposed to be. He, yeah, he's supposed to be the predator. You know, he's the one that that takes it down in the end, and it doesn't matter who's around him or what's going on. He's focused and he's furious, and he makes it happen. And that's not him anymore. Right. Well, uh, I, I don't. Well, that was the last major, and uh, I think he's. I don't know. I don't want to. I just don't want to hear any commentating or uh, uh, from Tiger. I should say any. Um, coming back and saying, I'm working on this, working on that. Well, you've been working on this and working on that. You was at one point the best in the world. What happened in your life? Shoot, everybody completely understand that. How can you overcome something like that right away? You have your time. We we just so huge fans of, of guys we like and sports we like that. We get blinded on that. They cannot do anything wrong, or they should be winning now. I would love to see Tiger win now, but Roy is better than Tiger. Well, and it's like a whoa, 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 whoa! Wow, everybody pause for a minute. Let's not everybody remember. Think well, about I'm it. Not hey, who, hey, who okay, children, children, one at a time. Ken, go ahead. Ken, Ken, rebut. You're reaching. You're reaching now because let's not forget about who has more wins on the tour this year. I didn't forget uh, and, that at all. I'm talking about Woods. Let's I, also I, I remember who major. has a half a million points in number one position as the number one player for the Ryder Cup. Tiger Woods. Who's leading okay. the, 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 the PGA in, in earnings this you year? Not, Tiger Woods. All right? I'm I mean, just because majors. Roy McIlroy has two majors, all right, we still is not in a position to start comparing him to Tiger Woods now. I need to see some consistency. This man hasn't won. This man hasn't won since last year. Call me, hang on. With a win in between 12 months, we'll be questioning him. So you need to start questioning McElroy to see if this man can sustain this type of win. Okay, okay. Ken, Ken, hold. Call me, go. We'll do that in 12 months. We'll question him. I said majors. Right now, today... Ty- Roy McIlroy is better than Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods predicated his his whole career on majors. He wants to break the record. He's that type of player. Isn't it fourteen to two right now? You want to compare this man? Yeah, to but but compare him. Who's comparing him? No, okay. I didn't say Roy had fourteen majors. I didn't say that. I said today he's better than Tiger Woods. I didn't compare him to Tiger Woods. Yeah, but today it's funny. Than, he are, today he's better than Ernie Els. It's funny. I'm, I'm not comparing him to Ernie Els. I say today he's better than a major. Tiger got things in his head that he's working on. He's continuing to work on. You cannot come out on Sunday when your MO is to come out on Sunday to destroy people and make pause because you had that much of a lead. Roy comes from behind and, and does what he did in majors, the past two majors he's been in, the past few majors he's been in. Yeah, I'm glad he blew up in the masses because now that made him who he is today. Well, with That's this, what, what, this tournament, hey, nobody, what? Tiger, nobody in golf is Tiger Woods. Today, Roy is better than Tiger Woods. I didn't forget at all. Cause I talked about it on the show a couple of times. We talked about it on the show a couple of times. Tiger Woods, you make complaints about him, but he won three tournaments this year. The only one who has done that. He's he's been in uh, major tournaments and then falling off. What we talk about is Tiger falling off and Roy winning. Sure. Uh, well, here's the thing <laughs> with this. Win one event, one major, or one event this year, and just say, oh, he's better than Tiger Woods. No, you need, I need to see, yeah, okay. I need to see he multiple is. wins. I need to see multiple wins per year, like Tiger does. That's okay. what I need to see. Okay, well, you can't he, just say, oh, he won one major this year, so he's better than Tiger Woods. Come on, man, that's ridiculous. Today, Tiger Woods is the number one player this year in golf. We're talking about... the number one player this year in golf, Kwame. Okay, we're talking about this tournament. Okay, Roy McIlroy... 
the big thing was Rory shot a 67 on Saturday and Tiger shot a 74. That's seven strokes. Okay, that was the whole story about this because Tiger was leading going into Saturday. Putters were the main thing about this turn. Putters keep people... Uh, putters predicate everything else. Roy McIlroy with the hot putter is the best golfer in golf right now. I agree with Kwame in that respect right now. Tiger Woods with the hot putter. I don't talk about Roy McIlroy, the same person who missed the cut the last couple of... Because... If he yeah, with yeah, if and, his yeah, putter, you can be the best in the world and miss cut. Yeah. Golf is a different ball game. I don't know if you played or not. It's different. <laughs> if you on, you on. If you not, if you can't come back from adversity, um, like most of those guys can do. The, the guys who's in the top twenty, they come back from adversity, and you don't see them in the first two days. It's plenty of golf tournaments. <laughs> you didn't see Phil Mickelson. He's plus two and plus three. On Sunday, this guy's holding up a trophy. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, I don't like agreeing with Kwame, but he's right. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. And, oh, I almost threw up in my mouth for saying that. But, and I'm but, watching him. But, he did, too. <laughs> but but with, with, with what Kwame said is actually kind of correct. I mean, and I, again, oh, God, I can't. But uh, he, but Rory McIlroy, at this age, is better than Tiger Woods was, according to majors. Oh, my God. Uh, listen, no, 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 no. When Tiger was, when Tiger was this age, he had less majors than Rory McIlroy does now. And that is correct. That is a stat. So, at this point in Roy McIlroy's career, he is better than Tiger Woods was at that age. Let's say that Tiger won. Tiger won eight majors out of the last in the next six majors possible. So he won all these majors right after. So let's see what happens with Rory. We got to take a break. Thank God. Uh, Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. We'll come back. We'll come back. I ran through. I ran through the last one. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. We got Deborah Debris uh, down and dirty on the other side of the break. We'll come back. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career tune in to life after the game with lamar campbell every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel sports and medicine go hand in hand Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Now, some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. I think Kwame brought it in with the, with the throat clearing. 
Uh, Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. We have Kwame Lasseter, Kenya Simone from Chicago on the phone. Uh, we're going to jump right into Down and Dirty with Deborah. We've pushed it two segments. Go ahead. All right. We're going to talk about focus, and I'm going to talk about focus on what? Because I hear everybody talking about how important it is to focus when it comes to sports, business, or whatever. The big question is really, what is it that you need to focus on, and when do you need to focus? And one of the things that I'd like, a couple of things I want you to consider is the types of focus. One of them is narrow focus. That's getting really narrow and being acutely aware of what you need to focus on, whether it's a your opponent across from you or a situation or an event. Broad focus is looking at your environment, being aware of all things around you. Internal focus <clears throat> is when you are focused inside. You're aware of who you are, what you are in the moment, and that's where your focus needs to be. External focus is focusing on your opponent and their actions, being the responder to whatever that they do. In all of this, you also be able to, uh, you need to be aware of what are your blind spots. Because depending on your type of focus, there's always going to be a blind spot. And you've got to be aware of that. Uh, beyond knowing and understanding what type of focus you need to have in a situation, you've got to understand the application of it. When is it appropriate to focus in a certain way? And that's going to be based on your sport, your position, and the situation, just to name a few things. Take, for instance, a golfer. <laughs> we were just talking about golfers. A golfer is going to bounce back and forth between what might be a broad focus and an external focus as they're looking at the hole and where do they want the ball to land, what club are they going to use, those type of things. And then they bring it back to a narrow internal focus where they're going to be focused on exactly what they need to do in that moment with that shot and bring it back to their internal focus. Uh, and somebody's breaking up real bad. Um, uh, we're hearing lots of noise. Uh, anyway, they bring it back to an internal focus so that they can actually make the shot. Whether you're an offense or defensive player, it's going to change um, as to what you're focused on, a defensive player is going to be more reactionary. An offensive player is going to be the one that, of knowing what the play is supposed to be, and his his focus might be more internal um, and narrow in the moment when the ball is snapped and then go broad and more external once he can follow the ball and see where it goes. So it's important to understand, you know, again, your sport, your position, and your situation just like a surgeon, a surgeon is going to be very narrow, narrow focused because they've got a knife in their hand cutting into somebody and they've got to be aware of what's happening right then and there. That's why they've got a team of other um, doctors and nurses around them so each one of them have a very narrow focus. Another thing I want to just mention real quick is pain. So oftentimes we're dealing with um, pain, and I'll, I'm going to have another segment on the difference between pain and suffering, but pain is something that when you focus on it, the pain gets greater. When you can change your focus, you can actually either dial down the pain or even get rid of the pain in, in many situations, but it's knowing how to use your focus accordingly. So the bottom line to all this is really how and when do you need to change your focus to make sure that you've got a plan. You've got a plan to know what to do, when to do it, where to do it when it comes to your focus so you can be at your very best at all times. Deborah Debris, Down and Dirty, YourClearEdge.com. So, does broad even exist in golf? Should it? I mean, we were just talking about putting. Uh, that's that's your narrow. That's your narrow uh, focus. You know, well, that putt, that second, that moment. Why would you ever focus on anything broad? Wouldn't that only bring? 
because Four, a broad five. a broad focus is going to be, and it depends on the the length of the focus as well. So a broad focus in golf could be, say, in a putt, you're going to be looking at the green, the lie of the green, the, you know, what's the weather like around you, you know, what's you know, a lot of the um, statistical. Um, information might okay. be more broad. And then when you get ready to, you know, my players, they don't step into or over their ball until they are more of an internal, so it's instinctual. They've committed to the shot, so everything becomes very narrow. The, everything else gets blocked out at that point. Well, speaking of broad, Evelyn and Shadows are playing going on this game. <laughs> wow. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, Kenya, we missed you. <laughs> So, so I mean, focus-wise, so in football, mm-hmm. um, it's second to second. And Kwame, you've always attested to this, how everything is just a compilation of secondary movements, all instinctual and everything. If things are instinctual, is there ever any focus whatsoever? Or is that autopilot status? Oh, no. there's yeah, got. They, go ahead, Kwame. Things, yeah, you, yeah, you got to be focused to even get to that point. There's, right. Things happen, a lot of things happen when, when, the, when the act is going on. Uh, but you have to be focused to even get to that point. I, I say it all the time. That um, I didn't hear the crowd until after every play was over. I've had I had migraines after the game because the noise is so loud. But I drained, I blocked that noise out. Deborah made another um, a comment that was huge. I think if more people do this, the game changes. If you um, when you think, and I think football players, more athletes, uh, was able to do this and play a certain amount of years with pain and injuries that most people would sit out for. When you able to, if you can, if you focus on pain, that pain pain becomes more intense. But if you ignore that pain, you able to get through it. Not to not to say you play with a broken leg. For example, we had a guy running in the Olympics for the United exactly. States. Exactly. Yeah. He he breaks his leg at the start of his race mm-hmm. and pops. And to ignore that pain and had a bigger than himself um, mentality or a consciousness that I need to finish this race. There's three other guys in the country in the world in the country that's counting on me. He finished that race. These guys qualified for the um, the finals. That, I mean, if you focus on a certain thing, it happens, whether that's good or bad. If you speak on a certain thing, good or bad, it happens. Yeah, energy yeah. follows your focus. So you've got it. That's why you have to be so aware of your focus. And whether it's on the field or off the field, even my guys when they go back to the hotel room or on the airplane or you know uh, practice, when they can be aware of what they're focused on and decide is that these is that where my focus should be, then they can I'll make the re- shift. I'll say real quick, I had no idea what I did uh, in the football game when I had four interceptions in that one game, but everybody else reminded me because it was all the focus on that game and that game needed us to get in force to get into the playoffs. Right. I had no idea. No idea whatsoever. Yeah. Um, which is where the instincts come in. Yeah, which is exactly right. I mean, that's what you talked about earlier. That's when the instincts come in because you, you've you practiced so much, you've seen it so much in your mind that you can focus on the moment and then allow the instincts to kick in. Right. I mean, if, if, if you, in theory, if you practice and prepare enough, you could just be a wind-up doll where you just, you, you, you wind it up, wind it up, and then let it go. And then during the game, you should never have to do anything that you're not prepared for. Yeah, absolutely. Most, most guys are wind-up dolls, too, because they um. They don't have that esoteric thinking, and they, they they just their mind is everywhere, and they can't bring it back to a close when they need to, and that and that's where you got guys making mistakes or they lay uh, dollar dollar short behind the plate. 
Well, and it's, yeah, allowing the ball to come into your hands before you start running and things like that. You know, it brings in, uh, you know, when I work with my guys even on focus, it's bringing in all the different senses so they know based on their position, you know, what's the sound, what's the smell, what's the feeling, what's the weight of, you know, whatever you're focused on in the moment, whether it's your hand in the grass because you're in your stance or the, the, the weight of the ball coming into your hands that you know now it's time to go or maybe the texture. Um, so there's a lot of things that can help you in focus, both you know on the field and off the field, that will you know make your game that much better. Right. Uh, we have three minutes till we're out of here. I do want to touch on uh, Chad Ojosinko, uh, released by the Miami Dolphins for allegedly, we'll say quote unquote allegedly, headbutting his wife of one month. Hey, honey, let's go on a honeymoon. I'll headbutt you. Uh, what? I mean, and here's the thing: is the head coach of uh, of the Dolphins made it very clear in the beginning of training camp that consequences will be held, uh, will be given for for poor actions outside of football. So it wasn't. I don't think this was predicated on Chad Ochoacin or Chad Johnson's uh, a previous history of of idiocracy, idiotness. I like idiotness. I'm going to make up another word this week. Uh, but I mean, I think that this is this is totally warranted. I don't know. He wasn't going to do much for the team anyways. Kwame, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think, real quick? I think he's an idiot. I think the coach did a good job of, uh, he's a first time coach. Um, if you don't get a hold of your team, you'll never get your whole team. It's like your, your younger son watching your older son. If you let mm-hmm. him get away with stuff, everybody else is going to try to get away with after him. Chad said before the game, he spoke it, said, before this camp end, I'm going to get her arrested. Unfortunately, uh, he got arrested. Um, Somebody has to go and please come. I think the coach did a great job. I think Chad is an idiot for yeah, all the opportunities he got. There's some guys who can play right now on the street. And he has an opportunity to play right now and be the starting receiver for the Miami Dolphins who have no receivers whatsoever that you can even name that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he's he's become he's become a major distraction there, or would have become a major distraction, and he's got to a point where the problems that he creates are greater than the talent that he brings. So it was time to go. Sure, Kenya, one minute, go. I just think that uh, I thought it was a little hasty because everything is still under, you know, they're saying allegedly, and now Evelyn is changing her story. So I thought it was a little hasty to fire him immediately before all the details were brought in. Yeah, what no, I didn't know is the reality no. show is canceled, his job is canceled, and Evelyn is going to cut out on him just like she did Antoine Walker when he ran out of money. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's interesting. And maybe she was looking for a quick payday. Who knows? I mean, I I always give the benefit of the doubt to the person that was accusatory, especially, especially no in a situation like she has this. No business. She has no business being in camp. When you go to football camp, it's for you and your team. Your family does not need to be in camp every day. You in camp. I understand going to visit and seeing a practice too, or watching a game up there, a scrimmage. Yeah. You are in camp for a reason. That's, That's right. That's your job. Both of our reality shows. I understand. Hey, guys, sorry, we got to go. Uh, call me Lasseter, Kenya Simone on the phone. Kenya's good to talk to you. Uh, Deborah Debris, Alex Clancy in studio. Thanks for stopping by, Kenya. Call me Lasseter Sports <laughs> Talk. Uh, I believe Kwame will be back in studio next week. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.